280 customers paying $15,000 a year on average would mean your MRR today is what, about $300,000, $350,000? Yeah, just under that, actually, about 280. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at getlatka.com. Hey, folks. My guest today is Chris Vandersluis. He's the founder, president, and CEO of HMS Software, founded Five years before I was born, 1984. <laughs> he's a pro. He's a prolific spokesperson on enterprise timesheet and project management systems, and his writing has appeared in a number of publications, including Fortune, the MA's Handbook, and Microsoft TechNet. Chris, you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. I aged the company a little bit there, but tell us what HMS is selling today. What are people paying you for? Yeah. So our uh, our fundamental product is called Time Control. It's an enterprise timesheet system. Uh, and it's a little different than some of the timesheet systems on the market. We made a multi-purpose timesheet system, which can be used not just for time and attendance, but also for project-oriented time, uh, for R&D tax credits. So an auditable timesheet system that can be used for billing, for uh, attendance, and for tracking people's time. We've also added to that now, because we were so strong working on historical time, we've added to that the uh, the ability to look forward and do project scheduling and project uh, planning uh, in something we call time control projects. So that's a premium version of our online system. Very interesting. Now, what are what are folks paying on average per month or per year for this? Uh, yeah. So the uh, the average per user um, is somewhere in the fifty to sixty dollar range um, per month, and uh, and we uh, charge it annually. Okay. So, um, so it can come down to as little as uh, you know three, four, five dollars a month per user, uh, depending on what people are, uh, what number of people are uh, are subscribing for. And what are the team size usually signing up? Are we talking ten people or ten thousand people? Ten. Well, yeah, ten thousand would be uh, at our higher range. We have a couple of uh, ten thousand plus uh, clients, uh, but the uh, probably the average is in the three hundred to six hundred range. Okay. So 300 folks at 50 bucks a year, that's a ACV average of like what 15 grand is a sweet spot for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's amazing. Okay. So you get going back, you said in 1984, right? Indeed. Yes. Back in the day. Wow. I was younger than Nathan. I was like, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Um, what, what were you back then? I assume you've pivoted a couple of times. Yeah, we've pivoted. It's a very good question. We've pivoted several times. Uh, we started off as a couple of guys doing uh, custom programming. Uh, we were in the project management space by luck of the draw, I guess, because we started um, we started working for companies that needed project management software. Then we became a distributor uh, for a project management product in Canada. And in 1994, uh, pivoted again. I bought my partner out of the business, pivoted into uh, being a publisher, and time control was the result. And uh, I'll be honest, time control was uh, the result because it was, for me, low-hanging fruit at the time. We had written several timesheets. I knew what that was about. I was sure I could sell it. And um, and we did as an on-prem solution in 94. That's incredible. Um, and so do you own 100% of the business today? Yes. Wow. Yeah, okay. So, so you bought back your co-founders. There's no outside investors. Bought back the co-founder way back in, uh, way back in 94, um, you know, a deal we were both happy with. Um, and then we had some investors in 99, bought them out in 2006. Um, and so now you're just stuck with me. That's amazing. Okay. And what's the team size today? How many folks full-time? Uh, yeah, we're just under 25. 
Um, so it's a, um, uh, you know, so it's a very tight team, uh, mostly located in uh, Canada. Uh, okay. But now, you know, with things being remote, people are a little further afield, depending a little bit on how you count the size. If we're talking about staff size, so yeah, between 20 and 25, if we're talking about uh, people who may be doing consulting or implementations or other things, uh, they may be almost anywhere in the world and the numbers probably double that. Interesting. Um, so 25 people, how many are engineers? Uh, yeah, uh, third, eight. Eight, okay, nine. very in- interesting. Okay, eight, eight or nine. Okay, got it. And how many customers do you have today? Yeah, we have um, we have just uh, under 300, so about 280 uh, at last count. So that's up a little bit from the last time we talked. Um, yeah, good memory. Our growth in terms of customer numbers is uh, slower, right? We're growing organically uh, by design and by intent, and um, and we're selling an enterprise system. Um, and so, uh, so we don't really expect, it's not like we expect to have hundreds of new clients every month. Yeah. I mean, 280 customers paying $15,000 a year on average would mean your MRR today is what about 300, $350,000. Uh, yeah, just under that actually about 280, 280. Okay. That's, this is a great business though. 280, obviously times 12 puts you at a run rate of about, what is that? 3.3 million, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is great. Now, what? how do you grow bigger? Are you going to keep expanding seats in the 280 or are you going to add a bunch more customers? Well, we're going to add a bunch more customers, but uh, by a bunch, uh, some people would think it's kind of at a slow number. I mean, some of those clients are smaller, some of them are larger. Um, it's been an interesting change over the last uh, three years, of course, because of the pandemic and the shutdown. We have found ourselves spending a lot of time converting our old on-prem clients to online clients. Um, and so that's been good for us and I guess good for the clients. Um, but for us, you know, it's better for support, better for cash flow, better for total rev. So, mm-hmm. and what does that growth look like? If you're doing $280,000 a month today, what were you doing a year ago? Uh, yeah, about 240. 240. Interesting. Now, imagine folks have approached you to try and buy the business many times. What's the largest acquisition? All of your you friends think? keep calling me, Nathan. Uh, I know you're coming on the show. This doesn't help. You're going to get a bunch more calls. <laughs> but uh, but uh, what's the largest acquisition offer you've turned down? Uh, I haven't. Uh, I've refused to, to hear acquisition offers. <laughs> I do talk to people on a regular basis. Um, I mean, we're currently not for sale. I'm not shopping for money and I'm not shopping for an exit. So um, it's not that somebody couldn't come along and say, oh, I have a huge box of un, uh, non-sequential uh, unmarked bills here. Would you take it? There's obviously some offer at which anybody would sell. But um, at the moment, I mean, I've got a pretty good deal, right? We're making good profits. I get to take the money home. What's um, good? Like 10%, 20%? Uh, yeah, over 20%. It was just uh, under 30 last year. Uh, which is the best every year for profits. And I mean, we don't take it all. Um, but, uh, you know, we took, you know, that's by the way, Chris, that's approaching a million, that's approaching a million dollars in profits, right? Uh, yes, it's under actually, but yeah, it was like under, it wasn't 30%. It was like between about 20, by the time we paid out dividends and paid out, uh, bonuses and stuff for the staff uh, you, you know, we ended up with 22 unrequired monies. So wait, Chris, tell me about that. I have so many bootstrap founders that say, Nathan, yeah. I want to do dividends and bonuses, but I don't know how to structure it. How do you structure your dividend program? Well, the dividend, I mean, dividend program is what Chris wants. So, um, <laughs> so the program is how much is left, uh, at the end of the day, uh, what do we need to do for, uh, taking care of the staff and, uh, and, uh, staff retention in terms of bonuses, things like that. Um, and then, uh, you know, for me, the calculation at the end of the, at the end of the year is, well, this is what's left over. What should I leave in the company for growth, for, you know, healthy cash flow, for working capital, and um, and let's get the rest out. And so, uh, you know, so yeah, for me last year, it was, um, you know, it was a nice amount of money. 
Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products, that's plural, forward slash valuations. Again, both plural, founderpath.com forward slash products, forward slash valuations. Is there a math formula though you follow for your team of 25 that says, okay, there's, there's, um, you know, $600,000 of profits. You've been here for three years. So you're going to get 1%. You've been here for four years, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, it, it works. I mean, I, I allocate of the profits about 20% for bonuses. So, um, so 20% of the money, I mean, that's, that's not a promise, but I mean, if we like last year, that was about the, the number. And yeah. so the staff uh, shared that based on, like you say, based on longevity and their role in the company. Yeah, so it sounds like you had about eight hundred thousand of total EBITDA, right? Twenty percent of that would be two hundred thousand yeah. that you'd split between the employees, and there's right. six hundred thousand bottom line, and you say that's the crisp plan. What do I want to do with this? Uh, basically, yeah, yeah. And so you know, about <laughs> half of it stayed in the company, and you know, the rest, uh, you know, uh, we carefully took care of to make sure both the IRS and yeah. the Revenue Canada were taken care of, and then um, yeah, and then kind of put it aside. So, uh, are you uh, are you married? I am. I'm married so here in Tampa, Florida. Two uh, growing stepsons, one in high school, one in middle school. I've got a um, a daughter in Canada who's a, a quite a successful uh, influencer. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. So the real question on your the reason I asked <laughs> the real question on your sales price is if someone says, "Chris, today I want to buy the company for thirty million all cash up front." When you tell your spouse tonight at the dinner table, what's the number where they go, "Chris, you said no to that. You're that's crazy." I'm yeah, leaving. probably thirty million dollars would be the answer. So, <laughs> um, so if somebody went to say, you know, ten times rev, fifteen times rev, twelve times rev, five times rev, no, because I can take that out of the company myself, right? Yep. Um, uh, and then I, I mean, for me, the the life decision would be, okay, and so now I'll have a big box of money, and what? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I have, I've got a great job. I really love my work. Um, you know, today you're the most stressful part of my day. So, um, uh, you know, <laughs> that I better get my numbers together, but, um, but, uh, you know, I get to, I get to take care of companies like Interpol and, uh, General Electric and AMD. I mean, these people are doing things. Um, and we get, I mean, it's not like we're running those companies, but we get to be a small part of what they're building. That's pretty cool. It's very cool. That's very cool. All right. Well, Chris, uh, on that note, I guess one last question. Would you ever yeah. use profits to go buy another company, do a little roll-up strategy? I get offered every once in a while. I was offered actually just this month from somebody who has been in contact with me about you know trying to find me a buyer, which I keep telling them, thanks. I'm not currently looking for a buyer. You know, I appreciate the company. Um, and I actually did look, but it wasn't for us. Um, so okay. would I? Maybe. Uh, you know, it would have to be, uh, it would have to be a great mix. We've yep. seen uh, many examples of people who try to put uh, companies together, usually because there's something wrong. And uh, that's of not great interest to me. I mean, it would have to be some kind of a strategic fit. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Chris, on that note, let's wrap up here with the famous five. No, and I should say, okay, by the way- Okay, never, I'm never ready, so go ahead. No, you're, you're going to be ready. I, I will say, we're, we're very excited. You're, you're taking the stage at Founder 500, September 1st in Austin, Texas. I'm very excited for your keynote. I hope you go deeper into- 
what do I want to celebrate? Which are bootstrap founders that keep 100% control, that have dividends, they pay their team out, you build a great yeah. life. I can't wait to hear the keynote. I've got my flights uh, booked already, so I'm ready to go. I'm We're excited for that. for that. All right, Famous Five, number one, favorite book? Uh, I'm reading, you know, I, I pulled it out just for you last night. Uh, I'm currently reading uh, AI 2041 by Kay Fu Lee, which is 2041? Really Sorry? 2041? Yeah. Ah, very good. Okay. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? I'm really not. I mean, I, okay. I hear about a lot of people, but there's no one in particular that I'm following. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building time control? Uh, LinkedIn still is. I listened to my podcast from 2018, still LinkedIn. <laughs> you also say you did your research. Number four, <laughs> how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, yeah, five, six. Okay. And situate what well, we already said this married with, you said three kids? Uh, yeah, one, uh, one uh, um, is mine up in uh, Canada. And uh, two stepsons here who keep me plenty busy. One just started driving. That's a terrifying That's a, notion. That is terrifying. <laughs> and Chris, how old are you? I am 64. 64 years young. Last I'm getting question. older now, Nathan. Nah, you, you're young. You got plenty of time. <laughs> uh, last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Uh, something I wish I knew. Um, yeah, to be more patient. Uh, take the long view. Coming from a guy that's been building the company for 30 years, that's a surprising answer. Uh, but you have to take the long view. I mean, if I was just looking at things week by week, I don't. I mean, I don't know. It would be a different kind of company, but not one that would be uh, you know as exciting to me. Guys, timecontrol.com, auditable or audit-proof timesheets. But it didn't start that way. Back in 1984, got launched, pivoted many times, bought out as co-founder. Now he owns 100% of the business. They're doing $240,000 a month a year ago, now doing $280,000 a month for a $3.3 million run rate. Last year, though, they took about 800K to the bottom line. He paid out 200K in dividends and rewards out to his team of 25. The rest, 600K, says, you know what? It's a great life being a bootstrap founder that's profitable. What should I do with the money? Good problem to have. We're rooting for him. Chris, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan.